This episode is brought to you by the Video Game Awards. Because fuck the Oscars! Welcome once again to this nice episode of the Last King Podcast. Welcome I'm to the Last King Podcast Awards. Welcome to the Last. Did I say awards? I didn't say awards. Nah, we this should is do something. We I should mean. definitely do an award show where Absolutely. we give praise and uh, to ourselves. No, and the best beer goes to Shafik. Of course, you know, and uh, <laughs> thank I you. feel snubbed. <laughs> That's how it is, like in the Oscars. As the only <laughs> other beard grower in this uh, family. Okay, and speaking of snubs, okay, we're definitely gonna be talking about the video game awards and also a bunch of other releases and announcements uh, that come up in the dying in the tail end of 2017. But first, you're becoming pessimistic, like dying age. Oh god, dying year. Because it feels like we're dying over because here. Because I saw the video game awards and that's how I felt. Like, oh, really? We're doing this now? Fair point. Okay, Fair but point. okay, we're gonna do that all in our main segment today. But uh, hey, before we actually continue, let's introduce ourselves. I'm of course uh, the best looking host, Doctor Shafik. I am the sexiest voiced one, Cedric <laughs> Tom. I'm the just because you have an accent. That's not fair. <laughs> hey, there you go. I'm the deepest, most spiky uh, one. Deepest, no, like, <laughs> deep, deepest. You could fuck a planet. <laughs> <laughs> right to its core. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, Deep down to the core. Let's. He's let's actually really a warm inside. Uh, did you just say he's a diggler? What? what <laughs> diggler. Dirk diggler. Dirk diggler. Dig duck. Okay. Okay. We're gonna diggler, talk. Diggler. Okay. Stop. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg as a Pokemon. Oh Imagine my God! That. Please stop it. Mark Wahlberg as a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. He uses drunken racist rage. It's no, super effective. But the thing is, you have to catch like Donnie Wahlberg and then evolve him. <laughs> and, you know, and like, oh, you have to do five Saw movies, then you get yourself a Mark Wahlberg. You know, probably doing like his class. Actually, it's just two. Uh, oh, yeah, just. Two. Oh, and then he gets killed off, right? Yeah. And then you get like early Mark Wahlberg in like Planet of the Apes. You know, you don't even get the cool Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Not yet. You get the trying to be serious. What are, what are we talking also? about again? We're talking about <laughs> video games and movies yeah. here again on the Last King Podcast. Uh, we are on the brunt, the tail end of 2017, uh, and everything is coming to a nice crescendo. Okay, basically, we're all just waiting for Star Wars to happen. Five uh, sleeps until. Yeah. Time of recording, five sleeps till Star Wars. Uh, yeah, there you go. And uh, how hype are you guys? Uh, pretty hype, but at the same time, I really hope it's not gonna be a repeat. Uh, repeat. A repeat. Empire, yeah. A repeat. A repeat. A Brad Pitt going in. Of Empire Strikes Back. A repeat back. is when you cast Michael Pitt after you can't afford Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna repeat this movie. We're gonna get a get a better Pitt. I just don't want it to be like Empire Strikes Back. Part two or That's something, basically you know? the conversation, right? Everybody's worried that it's just if the first movie retold the first movie, yeah, yeah. Then this is just gonna be. But how how would but they do that? Yeah. In retrospect, that was kind of an unfair thing to say because yeah, there are definitely elements of a new hope in Force Awakens, but it was also not just a new hope retold. Agreed. I think they. I of course, for one thing, Ray is not a whiny bitch. <laughs> Good point. Oh, we don't know that for sure. You know what? Well, I'm, she wasn't in Force Awakens. I'm gonna call it. Freaking Kylo Ren tells Rey, "I am your father <laughs> and your I brother. Am your brother. <laughs> I am your father and your brother." Wow. That's, the Force works in we mysterious just... ways. <laughs> like a real name. Bringing shape. That's how Jack Nicholson comes in. Forget it. A real Sorry, name isn't Skywalker. It's there. Lannister. Huh? What? No, they can't afford that brand yeah. yet. So <laughs> that's rich. No, 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 yes, they can. They can't afford. No. But anyway, uh, so. This is the... Video Game Awards! Yeah, yeah. 
this is what we call the awards ceremony period because like Oscars like the Oscar bait movies are all coming out yeah, yeah they'll be coming out surely. either this month or the following month and I'm a little bit pissed off because Disaster Artist is not going to be shown here in Singapore until, until January January yeah. and oh everybody's God. already talking about it you know and if anything I'm sorry Last King fans for if you're expecting us to react to it well, maybe we'll just do our own rendition of the room, you know? <laughs> Tearing me apart, Toffee. I did not. Oh, hi, Tom. I did not. No, I did not. Oh, I hi, Toffee. Oh, hi, Toffee. <laughs> Good Oh, doggy. hi, Mark. You're my favorite customer. Would you like to hear nice that? Doggy. <laughs> nice doggy. Nice <laughs> doggy. No, no, that happened in the actual <laughs> yes, movie. I remember. <laughs> I have not seen that movie. You have not seen that movie? I have not seen that movie. I've okay. watched it and I cannot wait to watch it again. Can we do a special announcement? I would like to introduce a new uh, segment that's going to be appearing from now on on every episode of The Last King. We're going to do a whole segment called Tom Hasn't Experienced What? <laughs> <laughs> so basically uh, you haven't seen The Room I have not because wow. uh, I couldn't find someone else to torture along with me <laughs> no but that's the thing if you watch it alone and then you surrender to the madness that is Tommy Wiseau you know it's like you're. Li- it's like actually it's Wiseau isn't it they Wiseau? always pronounce it as Wiseau uh, but the uh, thing is if I go down that route where I see myself watching the room by myself there's inevitably going to be alcohol involved and it's probably going to be no, a future it's going to be a future where I've lost my job I've lost my wife <laughs> I've lost, lost my house any meaning this is the darkest, the darkest timeline this is the darkest timeline it's I'm just a podcast right? where I'm watching the room alone I would just say my, my one sentence experience my review of the room is like Watching the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey Where I'm like questioning my own sanity (laughs) (laughs) As this film is unfolding before me For completely different reasons Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, this is mind-blowing at the same time It's like, I was watching The Room I looked out the window And then you see like a baby floating in space (laughs) That was literally what's going on in my head And I was sober (laughs) It was like, eh, but Okay, you know what? Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk about the disaster artists in future. Yeah, of course. All right, as well as all the other Oscar Beatty movies coming out. I mean, like even Guillermo del Toro's movie. Uh, the Shape of Water. That's January, unfortunately. Oh, also January. On. Because, yeah, yeah. So which is bullshit. That was released in November in the states. And okay, if you wanna talk about late releases, Snowman. <laughs> Another Oscar bait title. Another Oscar bait title. I think know. that was meant to come I, out well, this I month. I thought we were gonna say that in a straight face, but I guess not. <laughs> No, no, it's been too long. We've heard the press. We right. know what they're it's pushing a piece it till January, which is yeah. outside the winter season. I mean, even for Sunday Singapore, yeah. that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Now you can't release a Christmas theme movie outside After of December. Christmas. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. But you know what they do release in January? What shitty movies? There you go. Okay, so yeah, be prepared for the slump to continue yeah. and to begin. But first, uh, speaking of barely than never, an actual game came out around this time. Yes, yes, yeah. the last <laughs> major the, release. One, yeah, one of the bigger releases for this month it came out on Nintendo Switch you mean the only big release this month actually yeah, I can't think for of Nintendo it. Switch How yeah dare for you any say? console ever Mario for Odyssey the came out yeah but that's November. October though Oh, me was October? this month yeah that's October yeah oh yeah right look yeah. at me it's December yes <laughs> no no wait Okami on PC it's okay, actually, around the corner release. that's a huge release yeah, that's a big release you know what yeah that's my first candidate for Tom's never experienced yes. you should play Okami Okay, it's I'll on the PC, so you have no excuse. It's been around since the PS2. It's basically one of those uh, tragic games that you know it should have been more successful. Is it yeah, about it should have a sold dog painting? It's not about a dog, sir. It's about the goddess Amaterasu, who happens to be a dog. Yeah, for most of the game, and, she, and his friend called Isun, the little bug who helps paint and stuff. I was still a really nice bond between. The I would still say this, the definitive version is the Wii version because with the inclusion of the motion controls and the painting mechanic, like well, that was pretty clever. On the PC version, you get to use the mouse most likely to paint, right? 
so. or a controller. Okay, whatever suits yeah. your fancy. But yeah, definitely. So anyway, big release of December. It's a game called Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and all I can say is, if you love JRPGs back in the PS2 era, you are going to love this game. Because it looks like it was released on the PS2. Oh, oh my god, that's a deep cut. Shots <laughs> fired. Oh no. <laughs> I've seen I will, the I will screenshots. Dis- no, I will disagree with you. It's a very beautiful game. Yeah, when you- unless you play it on the handheld. Which I'll explain later. Okay. Wait, it came out on how many platforms? Switch. Just on the Switch. Just this the is Switch. the first Xenoblade game that came out on the Switch on a Nintendo console. Okay. They had to use console. variable scaling for graphics because it just can't handle being out in the open. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Anyway, we'll go to we'll dive that to that bit later. So the game is about this little boy, a scavenger, a salvager named Rex, who comes across this magical being called Pyra, who asks him to take him to a world called take her to a world called Elysium. Now, to set context, this whole universe of, um, what's it called again? All Rest, is actually set in a sea full of clouds where countries and nations are on backs of creatures, giant creatures called Titans. You've got Turtle Titans, you've got Flying Dragon Titans, and other different sizes of Titans here and there. Rex himself lives on top of a little tiny Titan called, um, Al... Okay, I forgot what the guy is. Is it a smiling he Titan? Gramps. His name, name, the laughing Titan? No, no. Oh, sorry, wrong Titan. Gramps. Yeah, yeah. Wrong Titan verse. The guy is called Grant, so the whole point is he has it, to take this Is it like a giant turtle on top of a turtle? Is it just turtles all the way down? Oh, there we go. Thank you. I, I had to drop that reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, what is that reference towards? Terry Pratchett. The I thought it was oh, this yeah. role, yeah. <laughs> no, and then there was It's also elephants. an achievement in European Infidelis 4. Oh, there you go. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, but I was saying like the first time I saw this, especially the trailer, I was a bit misled because I was given the uh, the idea that this was going to be like a monster hunter kind of game where you are attacking these titans, but no, it's not. No, you're not. You're actually just going through this world that happens to have giant monsters running around with countries on their backs per se. So the problem is this woman Pyra, she's a blade, she's like considered like she's the most what? powerful blade in the world. And every other person, every nation wants to basically get a hold of her. You need to explain what does that mean. Okay, a blade is actually a magical being that powers up warriors called titans. Ah, sorry, uh, called drivers, called drivers. And these guys are like mercenaries and uh, the special warriors per se in that universe. So So imagine holy knights, except powered by these spirits called uh, blades. So do do you sort of get it per se? So do you hold her like a weapon? No, no, no. She actually, these blades are just by title blades. They're not actual weapons. So but these are characters who, that you can play as? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they're characters who actually power up drivers. These mm-hmm. drivers are the heroes you control. But you're playing this boy. Yeah, this boy. Who yeah. happens to be a driver eventually with the help of Pyra. What? So Pyra's your blade? Yeah. Ah, okay. And then a driver can have multiple blades. So these blades are like, imagine uh, the stands from uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, so each one represents a different elements. character or skill class? A character, skill class, and element. So one blade can be a healer, one blade can be like a tank character. So basically, you're just pumping up points into your blades to give you different, I would say, builds. Yeah, different builds per se. Okay. Different builds, but still the same class. Now, the special thing about these blades, uh, these drivers in this game is, you can have up to three blades working with you. So you can change basically blades, one blade to another. Here's a question. What? Are the blades all female? The majority of them are. Because mm-hmm. it's... Because, um, yeah, it's a funny Go story. On. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, because apparently the creators for this game, Allness Soft, they don't actually have their own character designers, so they actually have to outsource it. So they got Tetsuya Nomura doing some characters. And they get a, they got a lot of artists contributing to blade designs. You mean artists? Artists, 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 artists. Are we talking about orifices again? <laughs> and, uh, artifices. The majority of them are all 
mostly scantily clad females. I, I read this weird conspiracy theory on Twitter that uh, Pyro's tits grow every time you look at her. Um, what? Yeah, that's also <laughs> like, another thing I want someone, to address. Someone was convinced that every time you go back and look at her, and also you always look like down up. You know, okay. like over I the th rising I think it's hills. just the power of perception. I would say this: it, it, you know, it's basically she's like Ninja Cat. Every time you turn away, she gets closer. <laughs> so <laughs> she, you think it's getting bigger, but it's no. actually just the boobs are getting closer. <laughs> she, she stays in the same place. She's, yeah, the, the boobs go towards you. She stays where she is. Oh, and speaking of Ninja Cats, cats, there is actually one Ninja Cat. There's a Ninja oh, Cat. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, reason to play this game it, already. It, it, it's a It's a driver called Nia, and she's got a Welsh accent. Wait, what? what? Welsh, Welsh accent. <laughs> of all the accents to choose, she's go Welsh? for a Welsh accent. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> she speaks exactly like that. She's a snarky cat girl. How will bugger me? Yeah, exactly. You I'm are actually taking RPG. all the different tropes and... You Do that again, but with rhythm. I'm in a Japanese RPG. Oh, bugger me! Oh, will bugger me! In fact, almost everyone in the game actually speaks with a British accent. Because like, Japan. No, because apparently it took the same views from the first Xenoblade game. Which ah, happened to have okay, British that makes people sense. as well. Yeah, because they're cheaper. And they're also <laughs> sh quite shit. Because Brexit... No, no, no. These, <laughs> no, no. Actually, some of these accents actually do work. I mean, for the main characters at the very least. They, they're actually acted and viewed really See, really I, well. See, I hear you say that, but then I also remember you said there's a Welsh cat. Yes, there's a Welsh cat person. So, cat person. I... The, the dissonance between these two sentences, I can't get over that. I thought I, it might have been just an American just playing a really good British accent, but I've heard some friends from London who have mentioned, yeah, it's actually not bad for okay. an imitation, if it was an imitation. Okay, but we have an actual friend from London here. Yeah, exactly. I'm not from London. I'm not, you're not from London, but close enough. Where are you from again? Birmingham. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, you're from the posh parts, right? Yeah. So, like, how excited would you be if your breed <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, I can be racist. No, no, but, but how excited would you be if... Oh, this perky little uh, nymphette with am amazing breasts had this amazing English accent as well. I would be a little bit uh, disconcerted, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Why so, sir? I, I don't know, but it's because I'm. Mummy, is that you? <laughs> no. like, there's also a Scottish accent thrown in somehow for oh, the of course. Too. Of course, there's a Scottish accent. They're trying to have to mix, mix and match for his. So, Tangent, apparently, uh, there's a new sex robot being released with a sultry Scottish accent option. <laughs> No, no, anyway, back to the game. So, <laughs> yeah. the oh, yeah. yes, yes. that is the hashtag for the episode <laughs> Scottish Sultry Sex Robot. Sexy yeah, Scottish yeah. Sex Robot. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, it's yeah. a JRPG that happens to have of a course lot it's of a open, <laughs> open world kind of areas for people, for their characters to explore. Mm -hmm. So, you got the Gormod ter uh, uh, territories here and there. So, if you play like Skyrim and uh, any open world action game, yeah, you'll And then included mods. Hmm? And then you created a mod, no, so everyone turns into this little leader. No, on the Switch, sir. No, you yeah, can't yeah, modify it yet. I wish. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you got a lot to explore, basically, just to get to the story. And there's a pretty good combat system as well, which actually takes quite a while to get used to. Is okay, it turn-based? Yeah. No, 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 it's, no, it's all real-time. Right. So yeah. imagine okay. an MMORPG combat system where you take turns hitting each other, but in real-time. And then you actually have the addition of uh, driver and blade attacks skills. And drivers, there's one skill. Blades do a couple of skills. Wake up, Mr. Tom. Tom. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. So hey, I don't fall asleep when you're talking about your goddamn Europa games. Ooh. <laughs> okay, okay, so to enough. keep it short, to keep it short. That's how those Europa games are goddamn. We did talk about like Satan babies once, right? That's yeah, true. Yeah. There you go. That's so Satan. basically, you can mix and match elementals. You get to do a big ass combo streak because the whole point of this fighting system is to make sure that you deal the most damage to kill enemy really enemies really okay, fast. Okay, I'm listening to you right now. So it has. It reminds me a lot of Final Fantasy XII. In I, a way, yes. Because it's real time, yeah. Because it's real time. Yeah, but yeah. The thing is, like, so the thing is, are the blades 
switchable during combat or do you have yes to... you can switch them during combat oh i see so yeah, that's so... the mechanic basically the yep. strategy is basically for this situation yep so maybe like this blade uh is more for opening up tanks yeah yeah and then this blade is more for doing quick attacks and this one is more for recovering yeah. life or something and most attacks in this game from blades are elemental which is important because when you do an elemental attack that's like a level 4 attack, you actually put an orb onto an enemy. Okay. And you can only break this orb by doing a combo attack. Which means uh, it's like a all or nothing attack, more or less. Uh... And the more orbs you have and you do your combo attack, the bigger the damage basically is. But so you can do like millions of damage. Does it also include right. like that Pokemon's kind of mechanic where it's like, you know, fire beats water or yeah water. yeah it still has that like okay. fire lightning and all so that so basically it's, it's just elements. a way for for them to explain to you like okay if you use electric blade you will win water creatures yeah you win water creatures ah, okay, and I so forth and so, so but it, rock it, creatures won't do it's shit it's not a very obtuse combat mechanic at but, all yeah but, it's not confusing but you need to get the hang of how the combat rhythm works so that's se. the thing like people are still unable to get into this because basically like it, it doesn't follow Xenoblade's I mean the, the first uh, Xenoblade right uh, it actually does a little bit except the whole element system and the blade system is new for Xenoblade 2 because you couldn't do that in the first game Alright. Because of new characters and whatnot, new world universe stuff I, going on. I mean, okay, also for the sake of... The problem with yeah. the game as well, because you're right, it does not actually explain itself very well. It has a tutorial system, but it pops up once, and then when you skip it, you cannot go back to it again. Can you just restart the game? Isn't... No, you can't. I heard somewhere that uh, the tutorial is also kind of its own character. Um, not really, no. It actually just says, hey, here's some stuff you need to know, and then they explain a little bit. Then you will never see this tutorial ever again. Is there no tutorial menu? It, no, there is no tutorial menu. There's an event scene menu, but there's no tutorial menu. Which is why it's really hard to go back to check stuff out and you have to figure stuff out when you got, get past these mechanics here I'm and there. I'm guessing this is one of those video games where you need to have your phone standby with like... Yes. How to play the game. Which, yeah. you know, when you're playing on a Switch, like, you know, how many hands do you have at that point? Well, yeah, when you're true. playing portable, yeah, it's tough. When you're playing portable, then you're fucked for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I would say this, like, okay, then maybe the recommendation is, you know, play on the TV first, yes. once you get comfortable with it, then you take it And then it you bring you. it out. Yeah, okay, now, you know. I want to go back to Tom when he brought up that bit where it looks terrible on the handheld. Back to mm -hmm. It does, actually. Like, it's downscale to, like, a less than a 480p kind of game, per se. Ooh, less than 480? Yeah, yeah. We're talking about PSP era. We're talking PS2 era. Okay. Like, it's like... Like, early The PS2. characters that are, like, drawn out, like, how do you see, the outlines are very sharp. To the point where it's distracting. So the polygons like actually reduce. Kind of reduce. Okay, yeah, I yeah, see. yeah. The resolution is really low. But does it really affect the gameplay at all? No, not really. In no. fact, it actually runs at a good frame rate despite the fact that resolution has gone down because significantly. Because I've seen screenshots, especially when you do like combos and hits, right? Like numbers pop up and like just yeah. You will see your numbers. I've actually play tested it like outside of home and all that, and everything's still visible. It's just that when you're walking around trying to admire the view. You really can't because of the resolution going down. But then again, if you're trying to expect all of this from a handheld. Yeah, that's tough. And then comes the argument like, well, what about Skyrim on the handheld? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> there you no go. one's complaining about that's that. That's like a 2011 Skyrim. fucking game, dude. Yeah, but the thing is, everybody's talking about you know Skyrim now. It's like, yeah. with, with its same bugs still intact. Not just the same bugs, but the same graphics too. Because you also yeah. have to understand, like, everybody, when they when they see Skyrim videos on YouTube... That's Skyrim those, modded to Those fuck are it. the modded... The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those are the modded Skyrim games. They're not... That's, no, the game actually looks like shit if you yeah. like look at it not base core. It doesn't look like shit, but it definitely looks like a game that's six oh, God, years the old. the women, oh my... I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Why people, are you apologizing to me? The people, no, yeah. but, man, yeah. the people in general. But the thing is, like, like it, it's super blocky. It's, oh, yeah. It's very Elder Scrolls. Okay. 
But what I appreciate but, about Xenoblade 2's uh, portability is the fact that all the side quests, they're all tailor-made so that you can play on the go. Like, they, you can complete it really quick. Okay. There's a quick travel system where if you visit an area, you can actually go back and visit again. God knows where you're at on the mm. story. So, which is kind of immersion-breaking in a way because imagine you're stuck in a base where you can't get out. And it turns out you can actually teleport out and then come back in again. I wouldn't say to level so up. because the thing is, right? Japanese RPGs are not meant meant, meant to be immersive unless you're Final Fantasy. They're mm. more meant to be like, hey, get good. To be honest, Xenoblade's probably the only RPG that's done this. Most JRPGs, you're stuck in that world if you cannot escape it in a non-escapable situation. In yeah, the story. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in the fact, the fact is, if you're under level, it actually helps because you can get out level up and then come back in and tackle the boss from there I mean, let's talk about success rate like okay so Xenoblade came out literally like two weeks ago or a uh, week ago what two weeks actually a week ago come to think of it about yeah. yeah a week or so and the thing is right so where does it stack up against all the games that came out this year which is your Persona oh, yes. 5 uh, Persona is, 5 and yeah. Nier and all this, yeah wow it does not stack up really high unfortunately because yeah. as much as I love the game right now I'm already like 60 hours in it's it's a great game don't get me wrong but it's the worst kind of game to introduce to someone who wants to get into GRPGs. So unless you're a fan. If you're a fan, yes, you will love this game. If you love Persona 5, you will hate this game. Because Persona 5 gets to the nitty-gritty really quick, like maybe about 10 hours or even 9 hours per se. Really like, quick, 10 yeah, hours. For a JRPG. For a JRPG. For right? any God, RPG, yeah. like Persona 5 is very streamlined. Yeah, very That's streamlined. That's my only complaint. Yeah, yeah. And the problems with uh, the Xeno series still prevalent there, like obtuse tutorials, uh, obtuse mechanics. Unless you're a fan. Yeah. And a shitload of cutscenes. My god, Tetsuya Takahashi, the guy from All This Off, loves his cutscenes. <laughs> like back then, he did this with Xenogears. <gasps> He's still doing this shit right now, now, honestly. But I think this is why this game sells so well. And the thing is, right, It's a legacy that sells it well. The Xeno mm-hmm. name. The Xeno name, true. And the thing is, right, Honestly, I mean, let's just state like this is out of all the JRPGs, the only reason that this is still in existence is because a lot of female gamers love this series. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got that strong a following, and that might be a problem with uh, some of the art direction they've gone with here. Some, some, Which is but strange. not all. Yeah. Here's the thing: I am oh, actually sticking on with Xenoblade. I could have quit any time, like about 20, 30 hours. Yeah, but yeah. a, I like the combat, and b, the characters are actually likable despite the fact that they're shonen jump tropes, basically. Rex is they're, basically they're anime characters, yeah. yeah. Rex basically is what happens if you combine Naruto, Ichigo Kurosaki, and Luffy all together, but slightly smarter. You in a sense. get Goku. Rex, yeah. <laughs> you get Goku. Yeah. <laughs> you get Goku. The, yeah. the Goku first is guy. more irresponsible, to be honest, when you think about it. You get I don't know. But Rex is responsible to a fault, and he's nice to and he's optimistic to a fault. Uh, then too. Let me well, re- that's rephrase. a nice change yeah. in characters. Yeah, and uh, Nia, the cat girl I mentioned, she's cynical the and Welsh snarky. Yeah, the Welsh cat is cynical and snarky, but still helps her out. So she's like a counterpoint to Rex, per se. Like the yin to yang. Like whatnot. Bulma. <laughs> yeah, actually, come and think of it. Oh, Bulma, wow. but Welsh. <laughs> Look at that. Look at how I unravel the entire anime trope system for the kids, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> like, your favorite character is also appearing in another show with the same... Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. and I should, should tell you, there's also a Yamcha archetype in this game, too. Of course there yeah, is. The handsome buffoon. Um, uh, there's a guy named Zeke um, in the of game. Of course. Yes, with an eye patch, and Of course. He's the handsomest looking buffoon you'll ever meet in the game. He's entertaining for all the wrong reasons. Like Ryoga from Ranma. Thank Huff. you, Ryoga. <laughs> okay, we can go on forever. Yeah, but... but but the thing is, they're written pretty well. They're written very well, come to think of it. Mm. Despite the fact that, you know, the script goes on with the whole um, solid snakeism where someone mentions a topic and then their main character says, repeats the topic in the form of a question. 
a very a big staple in in localized RPGs and anime. Yeah, because if you're gonna do the word for word translation, like yeah, it'll sound very dry and confusing. I mean, you literally have to sometimes have speech bubbles with just dots. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that just looks that. stupid, honestly. It's like the filler sounds from Japanese doesn't really translate into English so well. Okay, but anyway. yeah, but the localization is done really well, despite the fact that it's all English accents. <laughs> despite that. Actually, the English accents actually add to it, add to the quality in a sense. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes the know. supporting cast, however, yeah, they are not that well acted, unfortunately. They're not well viewed. Well, I mean, the, some people are, you can tell that some people are. Well, they have in. a budget, probably. Yes, most likely. Yeah. So the lesser of the budget probably went to that. So side. tell you what, let's wrap this up. Um, maybe you wanna give your score. I mean, you already. I have to be fair. I mean, Persona Five is awesome. Near Automata, great stuff. I can't. I, as much as I love Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I'll have to be fair, 7 out of 10. It's a Seven really hard game to get into if you're not a fan. So unless you're a fan, go for it. Yeah, but then, yeah. like, if you, but like, if you're very patient, if you have 30 hours to kill, you'll find a really fun fighting mechanic and a fun story to actually go through. Should you play the first game before you do this You one? don't have to. You don't have to? But it helps, it helps. If you want to get into the lore. Um, there's some spoilerific thing I don't want to mention. Is it available on Switch or do you have to go get a Wii if you want to play? No, no, no. It's on the Switch. It's on the I Switch. Mean the first oh. One. oh, the first one. Um, it's on the 3DS. Oh. If I recall. Ugh. And it's also on the Wii. Yeah. Well, they should actually figure out a way to make those games. Make it like a bundle, like a Xenoblade bundle. I yeah, guess. go talk to Nintendo. Like, they're very good at that, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I mean, they talked about. They actually released a recent bundle which we talk about to later. No, so. Yeah, we're gonna definitely talk about something that is gonna come out on the Switch and like, huh, we're gonna yeah, buy this yeah. game again? Okay, besides Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah. So tell you what, let's take a quick break and then we're gonna go into our full-on uh, reactions to announcements, reveals, and also our main segment where we talk about the VGA 2017. Okay, so uh, we'll be right back after these messages. <laughs> Hello, I am I am Mary. I am a Welsh ninja kitty, deep from the valleys, and welcome back to the Last King podcast. And oh, oh get out of there, you fucking cat! <laughs> anyway, we are doing anything wrong. That was a very wrong with well, you, man. That, that was a very well-endowed cat, sir. <laughs> I, I was crossing a world. How can how can she move with that much top heavy? She's a ninja, obviously. <laughs> Duh. Magic. No, Fingers nobody... through. Come on, Toffee. Is nobody ever gonna bring up the fact that that cat just talked? <laughs> So yes, we could have made millions just, you know, having her in a show just or something. discovering a talking cat? Okay. <laughs> a talking cat? Yes, 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 we're back with the second segment here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and now we're going to focus more on the new trailers that popped up recently for the past few days. Alright, so uh, who wants to go first and which trailer should we go first? Let's okay. go for Jurassic World. The Fallen Kingdom. Kingdom. That's a mouthful, right? Yeah. yeah. So Chris Pratt is back. Along yep. with, uh, I forgot the Bryce Dal- Dallas. Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas That's Howard. her name, right? Yes. Yeah. Let's just call her Bryce, it's easier. <laughs> Let's call her Dallas Howard. Okay, Dallas. Dallas Howard is the stripper Dallas. name. Let's call her Girl from Nosedive. <laughs> girl mm, from Nosedive. I didn't see Nosedive, so. <gasps> hey, that's a I good, get that, to be on this side of the equation this time. That's a good episode, man. You what haven't what seen hell, Black man? Mirror episode <laughs> 1, season 3? It's season 3. Yeah, season, I did say season 3. Yeah, sorry. Anyway! <laughs> I said season 1, sorry, I was like, whoa! Okay. Watch Nosedive. So we're nosediving into dinosaur territory right yeah. now. Yay! So, and the there biggest... were two trailers. There was the teaser to the teaser, yeah. and the actual teaser. And well, what a stupid world we live in, honestly. But you We've know been what? doing this since the first Avengers movie. I think even I before know. that. that yeah. doesn't, doesn't this coming from saying it's a stupid world, <laughs> to be honest. No, I mean, I remember, like, 
didn't the original Batman movie the teaser trade the teaser to the teaser was just the logo in the cinemas? Do you remember the era? I think that was they Dark Knight Rises, just, right? Yeah, they would just be black, and then the Batman logo appears, and then coming, and then, like people like <laughs> coming. <laughs> Double C, Alan Cumming. Yes, Alan Cumming is starring in this movie. Okay, anyway, we're gonna talk about Jurassic World, which uh-huh. uh, dropped. Nobody expected this to have a sequel because. According to my intelligence, is like, I thought this was a flop or it didn't do well. I know it made it a, a shit flop, ton of money. Though. It did, but the thing yeah. is that this, I mean, it really came as a surprise to me. It's not Jurassic Park money, but it's still a lot of money, dude. Speaking no, no Jur- it's more than Jurassic Park oh, money. Serious? Yeah, it made a billion dollars. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, oh, wow. Because remember, the last Jurassic Park movie was in 2005 and it was not a bad survival movie, but a pretty bad dinosaur movie. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Spinosaurus is not a good replacement for T Rex, unfortunately. But also because the actual dinosaur is a fish eater. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and not just that, but then we're talking about Jurassic World, where, like, okay, first we have, uh, you know, trained Velociraptor, which, like, okay, plausible, but the most ridiculous villain dinosaur ever. Because if you recall. Domin- Dominus Rex. The Irex. The Irex. Because yeah. Yeah. Irex. we are relevant. iPod dot dot. Yeah, and then, like, it's, it's like. For a creature that's able to camouflage itself, it doesn't do that enough. It does it once. <laughs> yeah. Just to get for the reveal. out. But it yeah. doesn't get out. And it, you know, like, oh, it's intelligent. It knows when we put the and thing. And it doesn't even look that different from a giant Velociraptor. I mean, the design is actually disappointing. Well, that was a plot twist at the end. It's part raptor. It's like, that is the worst thing. Like, surely the ability to go invisible is more important than being able to communicate with smaller dinosaurs. Yeah, that too. It's... But hey, we get to see T-Rex come back again, which is nice. But hey, they had the Mosasaur, and that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Because I fucking love Mosasaurs. They were my shit when I was a kid. You're a dinosaur guy, huh? Oh, look at me. Do I look like a guy who wasn't into dinosaurs when he was young? Yes. You look more like a hippie. (laughs) But anyway, I digress. (laughs) Wow, we're just like taking cheap shots at each other now, (laughs) aren't we? Anyway, so like, we're talking about that spiky devil-looking dinosaur, aren't we? No, I'm talking about the water one. The one that looks like a... Dolphin, but carnivorous with a long snout. You know the one that ate the shark. Oh, okay, okay. Mesosaurus, yeah. And then ate that poor. In the current trailer, is that what? No, in the Jurassic World. Oh, the one that ate the poor defenseless assistant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can we just talk (laughs) about about how that was like the worst death of any Jurassic Park movie? Like more like cruel death. First, first woman to die in a Jurassic Park uh, franchise, and it was I. I was watching it going, does Trevorrow have an issue with women? did you do to deserve this? I guess we'll find out more when his next movie, Jurassic Park World movie comes out though, whether he has an issue. Is, he, is, is he still directing? He is, he is, yeah. Like, cause Why he not? Got, because, you know... He got sacked by Disney. Uh, let's uh, talk about... Uh, like, your thoughts on this trailer. I mean, it's... And it has dinosaurs, I'm happy so it far. It also has so. a release date. You know, which is like... June, right? Or July? It's coming out, June yeah. June 2018, yeah. Middle of next year. So we're six months away from having another Jurassic Park. And of course, everybody's favorite Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum yep. <laughs> is in this film again. You know? I paint the scene. Quoting, of course, his important line. You know, yes. life finds a way. Right? Life, um, okay. Finds a way. They, they should actually... How much do you get paid to say that? Though, you know what? I want too to he- much. I want to hear him say the most important line from uh, Jurassic Park. One. Which is, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And yeah, now yeah. I'm all alone here in the Jeep talking to myself. Yeah. <laughs> but that still. was... Oh. It was genius. It was genius. I need to watch I'll that movie that. again. Another thing which I, t- I can't get excited for this movie is because the premise that they're putting forward in this trailer is fucking stupid. Which is? We have to go save the dinosaurs because they're on a volcano. Oh. 
and surely uh, any... thoughts and prayers to our friends in Bali. Yeah, <laughs> any legislator would be like, so you're telling me an advanced species of man eaters are all gonna die out because of volcano, and you want to save them? Because science. are you high? <laughs> are you Chris Pratt? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my courtroom. I know it. it if it gets crushed under its own logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, if but again, I hope they explain it better in the actual movie. They won't. <laughs> it's gonna be the most paper thin possible explanation. Now, now, let's not postulate too much. You know, it, more things will be revealed to us slowly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if anything, they have not done the obvious thing, which is show off the oh, what's the the dinosaur that's gonna kick the T Rex's ass? You know yeah, because I mean? it killed that horny fucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. So like, oh, what's what's the weird dinosaur that we have not seen before? Also, could be a mutant. Well, you know. it's appeared in uh, the Jurassic Park three briefly. Hmm. The one when they sm- all smelled like shit and went, they <laughs> <laughs> kind of walked away. Well, yeah. well, well, there you go. But okay, speaking of Uncanny Valley, you want to also talk about this other trailer, which I haven't seen. Which you haven't seen. Okay, just for disclosure. But okay, this also came out very recently. Like as of this recording, it was literally yesterday when mm-hmm. this trailer dropped. Uh, I think me and Mr. Toffee managed to see this, which is the live-action adaptation or of Battle, attempt yep, of Battle Angel Alita, or according to the trailer, Alita ah, Battle right, right. Angel. <laughs> okay, okay, uh, I got it confused. Sorry. No, no, you, you got it correct. That's <laughs> what people in J- Japan and anime fans call it. It's Battle Angel Alita, but uh, in America, it's Alita surname Battle Angel. Okay, Shafiq, you've read the book. You've I'm sorry, read the manga. You've I'm seen the anime show. What do you think about this reveal so far? Why? <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> the same reaction I had when they wanted to redo Ghost in the Shell. Like, why? <laughs> we don't need to. Yeah. But if the thing is, like, uh, I also need to kind of preface this. James Cameron apparently is a huge fan of the manga, and he, is he? yeah, and he, he has actually announced he this bought the rights a while back, decades ago. And the thing is, why? Because he's a fan. Because okay, you have to understand, right? This is the guy who created Terminator. So it makes sense where he's probably influenced by. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, imagine a race of robots who look like humans who are designed to kill and or protect. It's like, ah, I get it. So we, no, it, it it makes sense, and it makes sense that he would be the guy to kind of like, uh, I know, shepherd this into fruition. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like he's going back to his first love, so to speak, because and I think he bought he, this rights decades long ago. Time. Yeah, I yeah. think it's ten years in development hell. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't surprise me. He really wanted to make this. He had to make Avatar first. Okay, it's amazing that James Cameron uh, struggles to get things made. Like considering this is a man who sold, I want to make a, a film about blue people. You're talking about a guy who I want to make a movie where Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio drowns. But he does. (laughs) But he is a guy who asks for a lot of money. But he is the kind of guy who proves people wrong consistently. Yeah, yeah. true. If you want to say Terminator Two, if you want to say Titanic, you want to say Avatar, like yeah, there you go. His entire career is him proving people wrong. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like as much as people didn't like The Abyss, it's actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You know, and that's the thing. Like uh, James Cameron is one of those weird authors where he's like he's transcendent. Like guys like Michael Bay or Christopher Nolan, where the next thing he does is the technological advancement in film. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking about the guy who brought 3D back, and 3D died in the 50s, and here we have him remaking an anime slash manga, but not directing. Who's the director? He's, he's producing it. He's producing it. He threw it to. He wanted to direct it, but now he's he's thrown it to a younger guy. Uh-huh. You should have heard of him. He's called Robert Rodriguez. What? 
The guy who did yeah. Sin City? And Spy Kids. And Spy Kids. And Spy Kids. <laughs> Whose hey, last good film, film was... The first Sin City, I would say. Mm. Like the, the, sequel, the sequel to Sin City, like A Dame to Kill Wait, for... Wait, he made the first... I didn't I thought, get to watch that. I thought Zack Snyder movies. made the, the first Sin City. No, I think it was Robert Rodriguez, right? Robert Rodriguez did the yeah, first Sin City. Yeah, he did the first Sin City. Yes. Oh, Snyder was producer, I guess, then. Snyder was doing 300. I think you're getting confused with, with the black Maybe, and white yeah. comics. Mm. But yeah. I mean, I could be wrong, but I mean... You also talk about the guy who gave us Desperado, the guy who yeah. gave us Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and of course El uh, Mariachi, <laughs> and the gr- and the Grindhouse, um, Planet Terror, Planet Terror, one. yeah, Planet which Terror. flopped badly. I mean, yeah. both Grindhouse movies pretty much are the only dents in their careers. Yep. I mean, like the thing is, Tarantino can still bounce back and still do like you know, Glorious Bastards, Hateful Eight, blah blah blah. Rodriguez on the other Star hand, Trek. he needs to spike it. And money, he's pitching really? Star Trek, okay? Yeah. Which I want to talk about, but probably in another episode because yeah. we're gonna have to do an Orville and Star Trek Discovery roundup because uh. those 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 shows finally uh, wrapped up. All oh, right, right. Okay. I gotta but catch I don't want to really linger too much on uh, Battle Angel Alita because you know it's a trailer. Yeah. Right now, the backlash is basically trolls and commenters saying, "Oh, it's Uncanny Valley." Her yeah, eyes the, are too Alita's big. eyes are pretty big. Per no. se. That's what people are complaining about. And then, like, why are you complaining about that? Where in the fucking trailer, there's a half man, half robot skeleton <laughs> exactly. running around. Like, really, you want to pick and choose your logics here, yeah. boys and girls? Because but... it's easier to to pick out women than it is to pick out robot men. Shots fired. Okay, there you go. Uh, but the whole point is, I think at least for a cult anime, remaking this yeah, or reiterating yeah. this actually might be beneficial because people have no frame of reference unless they go check out the anime of course so how long and is it gonna be before the whitewashing uh, controversy starts uh, probably a month before the film comes out but okay who's playing Alita herself <sighs> I forgot the actress's the, name sorry it looks uh, like the girl who was but uh, I know Jennifer Connelly's inside oh and really Christoph Waltz. and Christoph Waltz is inside yeah. oh so there you go now I'm interested there's whitewashing all over the place but then again we're talking about Battle Angel Alita where it's not really set in Japan. Yeah, it's a you know? sort of ambiguous sci-fi western kind of world. Okay, it's so like Cowboy Bebop. It's thing. like yeah. you know, like it's like any western. Sh- it's like any uh, Japanese show where they speak Japanese, but they're not f- essentially Japanese. Okay, and that doesn't matter because the thing is like, as much as people brought up the bullshit about whitewashing and Ghost in the Shell, like yeah, I didn't mind Scarlett Johansson as. Motoko. Well, no, I'm it's just a boring movie. I minded her it's just because just a terrible movie. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I minded her because she did a really bad job, like not because. Yeah, yeah. No, so like for me, I don't really care. So like, does the performance or does the story or does anything like you know, stand out? So I'm really looking forward to this because basically I'm a fan of uh, the anime, and to me this is an opportunity where you know maybe we'll get new fans to read the, the books. And maybe Rodriguez can come back from. Yeah, for me, like, at, to, to be me, honest. Rodriguez, he needs his comeback and yeah. he needs something. And this I, has to be his comeback. I don't think he needs a comeback. I think he's fine with what he's doing now because he has his own TV network yeah, down but in I, like, the south. The thing is, he is like one of those like directors from my generation that I kind of miss. It's good to have a director who you give him $5 and he makes a movie. Yeah, you, you give him $10, he makes El Mariachi. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. He's that good. So yeah. like, if anything, like... If he's out of touch or if he's like kind of lost the plot, at least I know for sure. Yeah. Because the thing is, when was the last time Robert Rodriguez directed a sci-fi epic? Never. Well, this is like gonna be considered sci-fi. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shit. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't say epic. So it's okay. Not... There you go. Epic. Okay, Spike Kids two, obviously. Spike Kids three was more epic because yeah. there's 3D, a volcano. 3D. They're three D. Shut up. <laughs> but anyway, like, okay, so you know, uh, El Rey himself is, uh, you know, putting his stamp on this. James Cameron producing it. So that's Titanic money. That's Avatar money. Yep. 
but I'm still nervous because the thing is right um, the one conversation we're all about to have eventually is that Akira remake that you know, Hollywood keeps throwing around and throwing out there. And then the last thing we heard was like a uh, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, Jordan might, Peele direct might direct it. Yeah. Of the success of Get Out, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Okay, because literally, like, you went from a movie about black people being ghosts or not ghosts, who are actually white people in black people, which is a different kind of movie, actually. Actually, yeah. Why not just give it to a bigger director? To be honest, not uh, a guy who got. And then what I'm afraid of is like, oh, you know what? Yeah, it's a big, you know, destruction. Oh, give it to Michael Bay. That's what I'm worried about. Makes sense to give it to James Cameron, honestly. It would make sense to give it to James Cameron, but James Cameron, like, you know, he's the kind of guy is like, if he doesn't give a fuck about it, he won't do it. You know, uh, if, if, he doesn't, say no. if he doesn't care, he won't do it. You're talking about a guy who will tell another director, yeah, you're making Terminator 4? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you, you want me to promote your movie? Hey, watch this guy's Terminator 4. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he literally does that, you know? Oh, man. You, he, has, he is doesn't give a shit. Because he is taken care of until Avatar 9, which is apparently a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. But How did he convince the studio to give him any money to say, I want to make all the Avatar movies? Like, okay, yeah, I want to make sure. more movies about blue people. Let me say this. Maybe because $2 billion. Maybe because Titanic. No, no, Avatar 1. No, no, if you're telling me who I convinced him to make Avatar? Yeah. Because Titanic. Oh yeah, Titanic. Nobody made... thought that would win any Oscars. Nobody thought that that would destroy at the box office. God damn. I was... They're gonna tie we're, in. we're all surprised. Yes. This, it was 1997. Titanic came out of nowhere. All of a sudden, the whole world likes Celine Dion. Nothing <laughs> makes sense. Oh yeah, that year where we all thought Celine Dion was a good singer. Even when South Park debuted, it's like, oh my god, Canadian royalty, Celine yeah. Dion, you know, like. <laughs> so there you go. So I mean, I'm saying this right. I'm curious, but I'm also hesitant. I'm also cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I like, kind of want this film to actually break uh, Rodriguez's, you know, yeah. sleeping state per se. I won't say losing streak because I mean he's doing okay. I mean, he's not doing terrible. He's making money. That's yeah. all that so matters. He's fine. he's fine. I mean, I know he's fine, but the thing is, he's a, like a very unique voice in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Because you also have to understand, like my favorite Robert Rodriguez joint of all time, still from Dust Till Dawn, <gasps> which is a movie that Lovely. doesn't make sense, but it's so enjoyable in a sense. You know, it's one of the most schizophrenic piece, pieces of filmmaking out there. Then the thing is, James Cameron's gonna do Avatar. Like he's gonna produce and direct those movies. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, as a producer, what can he do? Now, what kind of clout does he have? And we have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has all the clout. Yes, all the clout. So we have Christoph Waltz, Jennifer Connelly, and the guy who went from Moonlight. I forgot his name. Uh, Marshawala Ali. That guy. And I, like, Ooh. So we have powerful, powerhouse actors. Yep. In essentially a movie about a girl who's also a robot who battles other robots. Go figure. Yeah. You yeah. know what we have to do after this, right? The the eventual Astro Boy Hollywood version. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay. Let Let's just save that for another time. What about the that other trailer that came out featuring superheroes? Yeah, we have to do that, huh? Yeah, oh, you mean that. like the most watched uh, trailer for a movie ever? Yeah, to be honest, what can we add to that? You think about it. Uh, We're talking about Iron Man Part 20, right? Yeah, Part 20. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the, 20 of, the 19 of those already? Holy shit. Black Panther is number 19. Uh, so yeah. Infinity War is dropping. All the stones, all in. There's been 20 of these movies. 20 movies in 10 years. <laughs> 20 movies since 2008. Yeah. Shit, it's two man. movies per year, literally. Yeah, but it started out as one per year, and now then it became three per year. And this this year felt empty because there were only two. And it was Thor Ragnarok, which is B, B, B tier. 
And Guardians 2. And Guardians 2. Oh, sorry, I forgot about Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh yeah, that's three, three this three year. Three okay, now, so Spider-Man Homecoming technically is a kind of under the table. You know what? Yeah, you can have this now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, Sony is like going in- insane and saying like, Oh no, we want Spider-Man back because Venom movie. Because Tom Hardy. Yeah. But let's not talk about that that for now let's talk about the fact that oh finally we're putting all the universes together kinda yeah maybe and, and that trailer blows up which is that nice. trailer looks yeah. extremely good you feeling it you yes. feeling the hype i am feeling i am feeling the hype i am genuinely really really excited for infinity war and it comes out in may yeah that's like it's how many around months? the corner yeah. it's five months away may oh, 4th it'll be a week earlier in asia so good for us we're gonna get it in april <laughs> yeah End of April, most likely. So we can still go for Star Wars Day. So finally, Josh Brolin decides to join the cast. Yes. And he lost his hat. Time, yeah. And he lost his hat and his sleeves also. And people are just photoshopping the hell out of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen those? Those yeah. are amazing. I like, I, like, I like the Homer Photoshop one. The Homer best. Thanos? Yeah. Yo. No, yeah. my favorite is uh, someone compared him to the villain from uh, Friday. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, Zeus. Yeah, yeah. Zeus. There you go. Yeah. Hey, yo, it's the rematch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. Uh, but if anything, like, does it feel like a refreshing load of your sh- shoulders? Like, finally! We get to see Thanos kick ass. Basically. Not just that, but it's like, With okay, this all was meant to lead up to something. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're finally gonna do it. No? Yeah, it's like, it is finally here. It's like, enough edging, enough, like, you know, playing around. Like, we're gonna get the full on thing. And I think they've all but confirmed that Iron Man's gonna die. Because. I'm gonna call uh, uh, Captain America. Both will die. You think so? I think at so. At the same time, or <laughs> as, they, so, one after the as other. they both punch Thanos at the same time. Okay, yeah. one just gets dismantled, and Captain America vanishes I mean, into the ether. Did you see the Blink or you miss it scene where uh, Thanos backhands Iron Man and he just crumples? <laughs> or how about the Blink and you miss it scene when he is literally crowbarring the Infinity Stone from Vision's from forehead? Yeah. Oh yes, that looks painful. How about that one shot where I think Thanos might have brought down the planet thanks to his full gauntlet? Or parts of a planet so like, down in the sky. Or where he's crushing Peter Parker with one hand. Yeah, his yeah. entire hand goes over that kid's chest. <laughs> Holy shit, that's how fucking huge this guy is. Well, yeah, okay, but hey, let's uh, do this uh, properly, okay? Now, we can't be nerds. With yes, a pod- we can. Yeah, this is a nerd podcast. I mean, nerds, <laughs> we can't be nerds with a podcast and not mention the fact that, so where's the Soul Stone? It has to appear in Black Probably Panther. Probably in Black Panther. Because that's the one we gem have to left. See it, yeah. yeah. And I, pretty much they're gonna. Do you think Black Panther is gonna be. Oh, hey, Michael B. Jordan with. Uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Claw. Andy. Andy Serkis' Andy character, Serkis, Dr. Claw. The, yeah. who, uh, who's playing Black Panther? Uh, the guy who Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman, right. Okay. I think their adventure is only gonna be an hour long. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we need to get the Soul Stone because oh, I hope reasons. Not. It's probably I, like buried then, in like you know, yeah, Wakanda somewhere. It's gonna be like what happened at Thor, yeah. where all of a sudden we need to kind of draw attention away from the characters and into this thing, which leads into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, that could be the movie's downfall. And the well, problem, that was Age of Ultron's fault. Exactly. And I'm gonna say it's like the last 20 minutes of like basically Black Panther is basically, oh, here's Thanos. He's here. Good. All right. So the next movie will, because if you recall in the uh, Infinity, War, Infinity War trailer, is basically Team Wakanda, Team America, and yep. Team. It looks like it might be the Nova Corps uh, planet. And the Nova, Nova Corps, planet. Yeah, and then yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy do pop up with you. Yeah, because also remember he has the stone of uh, whichever stone the Nova Corps is looking after, mm-hmm. the Power Stone. So, I guess we're just gonna see the Nova Corps get fucking wrecked oh, yeah, again. Yeah. 
by just Thanos. Yes. I would like to well, say you know Lee Pace completely crushed them in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I would like to say Miss Opportunity to represent Team Canada. Huh? All right, Alpha Flight. Not Alpha Flight. Like basically, we have movies with Deadpool and Logan. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> come to think of it. I mean, that'd be nice, you know. The Neo Alpha Flight. <laughs> if you, I mean, like Cable's in it too, and so Josh Brolin's in. Oh. What? This doesn't make sense. He's oh, playing did you see Cable uh, and Thanos? Yeah, did you see that time. Instagram thing what? where uh, Josh Brolin posted it saying, "I'm sorry, Mama," and then uh, Ryan Reynolds said, "This is not a way for Cable to talk." <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Oh yeah, yeah. That movie is like teased for next year as well, yeah. right? Yeah. But hey, wait two years and it's gonna be the same universe anyway. You think? With the the bioverse? If I know Rupert Murdoch, I know he won't turn away sixty billion dollars. Okay, let's not talk about um, one more thing about this trailer. Uh huh. Okay, you call that it's gonna be the end of Robert Downey Jr. I'm gonna I'm... say it's like Chris Evans. Oh, for sure. What about you, Mr. Tuffy? Who do you think is gonna finally exit? Someone's gonna get out of the contract, definitely. No, no, Robert Downey Jr., that's all he could do, so maybe Chris Evans. I'm gonna go with Chris, Chris Evans. Chris Evans wants to leave, he, he wants, wants to be to direct. He wants to direct, he wants to, he wants to be everything else, so yeah. like... Who would be the one who dies and he just didn't care? I say Jeremy Renner. <laughs> like <laughs> Poor they, Hawkeye! If they kill off Hawkeye, I'd be like, alright. Yeah, well, he is missing from the and trailer, honest, so we see This has happened important. to Jeremy Renner so often. <laughs> like, he was the least popular Jason Bourne. Oh, man. <laughs> He had one chance and he blew it. <laughs> That's all I want to say. You know, even Matt Damon came back. Yeah, like, and hey, if you want to get super cynical, there are three black superheroes. That's breaking the rules of Hollywood. Very true. But the thing is, I still believe that uh, Falcon. I mean, like, I'm just guessing. So we're gonna go for the Sam Wilson Captain America. I think yeah. Sam Wilson will Not be the, the Bucky next Barnes Captain one? America. Bucky Barnes, I think it will be Winter Soldier, or he could be U.S. agent, or I don't know. Okay. I mean, also, he also was a Captain America at one point. He so. was, yeah, he was the first replacement Captain America okay. once, like, uh, Steve got frozen. But I would say also another thing is, um, how are you gonna tie this all together? Because the thing is, is, like, this is literally thirty characters. Do you all remember like that Variety magazine? Yeah. Where they unleashed Wait the on entire for so cast. Long. Yeah. And then you're thinking to yourself, how are you gonna fit all? Like, if you were to divide screen time among all these people, they all have literally just like fifteen minutes. Well, it's probably minutes. Avengers, so they're just gonna focus and on then, just like, the Avengers. Do you have time for action scenes, or do you have any time for subplot or pacing? And when Thanos does arrive, you know, like, okay, how are we gonna establish that this is the threat that we've all been waiting for? But this is kind of what is good about the way the cinematic universe has been set up is that because now everyone has had a time to be their person, to have their downtime, to have their character growth. So they don't need a story yeah, totally. So you don't need to have that denouement period. It could just be all payoff for two and a half, three hours. Because we already and know that these movies are around. Because anyway. there's so many characters, they cannot fuck up a single scene. Exactly. It can't be yeah, one wasted moment, not really a wasted frame. Yeah. It has to be perfect. And I'll be honest, they chose the best directors for that. The Russos? Yeah. You believe so? Think about uh, one. Winter Soldier was good, and Civil War was definitely good. No, but the thing is, I think what about else have they done? Uh, the that? best community episode, the best uh, the episode. Community. Oh right, right. No, but the D and D episode. And how do you go from that to Infinity War? Because they know how to not waste a single scene, and mm. they show that they can even make like they managed to make a bunch of college dropouts playing D and D one of the most watchable bits of TV. Like they're going. I trust them wholeheartedly to do a good job. But still, that's a lot of pressure on their backs. Oh yeah. But also at the same time, let me also just bring up the fact that, you know, as much as we all love Joss Whedon for putting the Avengers 1 together, he also fucked up Age of Ultron. Well, that was more studio interference than... And the thing is, right now, you also have to understand, like, like, as much as we love these Russo boys, how much 
power does Disney have to put like you know the kibosh on anything especially this close to release date especially like you know I mean there's been no like uh, rumors or any sayings of like you know reshoots or like any problems with production right as yeah. far as we know no, as far as, as we know as but we know. usually uh, especially for a film this big we would know if there have been reshoots or anything yeah. Because like when John Sweden did like uh, Age of Ultron, there were problems with like him just getting things to like come together. Yeah, but to be fair, they've probably only just while they finished shooting, they obviously got the first trailer, mm-hmm. so they're probably doing test screenings now. So if we do get reshoots, it'll probably be in January, February, if there are any left. And it's still gonna be like Infinity War Part One, Part Two. Right? Well, it's gonna be called something else for uh, the part. For the two. second part, yeah. Yeah, and apparently that's gonna be where they completely wipe the seat clean, and then it's gonna be the new Avengers. Which is so, like Scarlet Witch and all, probably all the Sam people. Wilson. We know, you know? that mm. Spider-Man is going to be the the focus of the new Avengers team, and they'll probably start pulling in like you know we're gonna have him, we're gonna have Miss Marvel, sorry Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yeah. Although they might include Miss Marvel as well. Actually, that'd be nice. It'd be I like fun to, to, have, I like to see Kamala yeah. Khan on stage. Yeah. Uh, do we also want to mention not even a teaser trailer but definitely just an image of Sansa Stark aka Dark Phoenix Make It Enough and uh, Flame Make It and a Flame yes there you go that is Tom's other podcast uh. <laughs> <laughs> Naked and a Flame my yeah. appreciation of flaming hot naked women <laughs> mostly redheads you know it's that ginger uh. spice love channel hey, anyway so, Tyra's a redhead in the Settle Blinking what anyway but okay so here we have another X-Men movie coming mm-hmm. anybody saw that coming yeah, New Mutants, they announced it, it They announced it like six months ago. And this is tangenting off from Age of Apocalypse. Yeah. Okay, so Brian Singer, nowhere to be found, right? Well, Who's directing this one again? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't think they've announced it. I mean, they, when they announced the film, obviously, but I don't think they've talked about who it is, who's in it, apart from it's going to be the Dark Phoenix storyline. Like, Which nobody really asked you, for, actually. And also, again, you can't do Dark Phoenix this early on. Like... You need to have far more Jean Grey before you go. You oh, by the way, this is her death. full Omega mode. It's I mean, like uh, doing Death of Superman pretty early in your first Batman versus Superman crossover oh, film. Oh, hmm. so. where else have we seen yeah, this? Exactly. My, yeah, exactly. Yeah. My major problem with this announcement is basically they didn't even get Jean Grey right at the end of Age of Apocalypse because yeah. the thing is, what everybody probably is complaining about mostly is the fact that no, no, Dark Phoenix is not some buried psychological trauma that she's you know holding back. It's like a, a power cosmic that chose her, yeah, yeah. you know, to be like, you know, the end of humanity. So you they have to got, bring in the Shi'ar Empire for the shit. They got yeah. that wrong totally. And now it's like, okay, here we have a girl who just can't deal with her feelings and she's going to destroy the world. Well, what do you Which, expect? You got Brian Singer to be yeah, the Yeah, but didn't this. Brett Render do that already in Last Stand? Yeah, he Because did he was working on uh, Singer's building I know, blocks. but he yeah. fucked up. Well, like, Fonka Jensen was to be the best version of Jean Grey. Okay, even better than the animated series. Like mm-hmm. I like that version a lot because you can see the compassion she has for Scott Summers and at the same time that tension she has with Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then like they messed it all up in the third movie. You know, like, I mean X Men Two, one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. X Men Three, one of the worst superhero movies yeah. of all time. And that's not saying much because when they come back with like a first class, like oh hey, you know, Return to Form maybe. Oh, you're doing Jean Grey again. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when, did, when did when did Apocalypse? Yeah, you know. Something oh, it's Sansa Stark because yeah, she's popular right now. I thought she did an all right job, but she was wasted in that movie. I thought like everybody's the... probably wasted in the film. Oh god! <laughs> Actually, I was a bit more worried the fact about the fact that if she's in this movie, is she gonna get killed off in Game of Thrones? 
Oh yeah <laughs> That was what I was thinking The whole time It's like wait a minute Why is she experimenting Because the only one Who can do that Is Dinklage mm-hmm. Oh yeah when he was Bolivar Trask for like 10 minutes Yeah you yeah. know And then all of a sudden We have another Like wait Are you gonna kill her off No, no not Sansa Come on You know She hasn't done her arc yet yeah, I mean, wouldn't it have been like the biggest fuck you? So we have her, she loses her family, she gets married to someone, she gets raped, and then she dies. Like, oh. That's kind of sad. <laughs> At least she's in an X-Men movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, now she's, you know, super boss. Yeah, okay, but if anything, so let's probably just wrap up this old trailer segment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe for the main segment. Hi, this is Jeff Keeley. You're watching the Last King podcast on Game Trailers, Oi. brought to you by Spike TV. Keeley, out, out, There's a shield there. Go catch it now, now. Ooh, shiny. <laughs> so, hey, everybody, we're gonna talk about the VGs. <laughs> get, get out of here, Jeff Keeley. God damn it. So, there's a shield over there. What the fuck? <laughs> there's a shield over there. There's a shield fountain right there, <laughs> shilling all over the place. So, boys and girls, uh, one of the most interesting events ever decides to come back again this year. Yes. Uh-huh. This is the second or the third. This fourth. Is the, the fourth. fourth. This yeah. is the fourth. Does the spike ones count also? No. No. So this is Spikes like is a different brand, I guess. Maybe with more stars making spike fools of themselves. Spike was more stars. Mm. More stars fooling, making fools of themselves. Well, Who knows? That was a Jamie Kennedy era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was way earlier. Though. Let's not like ever go back there. Ever so anyway, again. the undisputed probably fourth uh, video game awards just happened. Yep. Literally a few hours at this point of podcasting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This morning, and it was. What you expected, I think. It, it was, was what, as a, as an award ceremony yeah. with only one interesting element. Which we'll get too much yeah. later. I mean, it was like every award ceremony where it's just people praising their own industry. So, I mean, like... So, in many ways... Patting the game. Uh, bat, bat, that, they're not patting backs, that's for sure. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they're lining pockets and filleting executives, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But if anything, okay... So we're gonna talk about the the VGA awards, okay? The video game awards, which unfortunately is lost to Spike branding, or is it no, basically it's, just Jeff Keighley? It's just Keighley's own thing now. Yeah, yeah. So if you're all not aware of who Jeff Keighley is, Jeff Keighley was basically a very, uh, I would say, present mainstay on this website called Game Trailers, mm-hmm. which originally was just you know a repository for people to upload video game trailers, which later became its own thing where they would have like you know content about you know video game analysis reviews reviews they were like one of the first ones to do like analysis trailers and then they would also even live streams of a particular not esports stuff uh uh, e3 stuff like live coverage of events and also they would also uh bring to light people like the angry video game nerd and screw attack where they would take like you know user content and then and even introduce us to the world of kyle bossman apparently a very entertaining millennial per se really yeah well kyle bossman he went up through the ranks of game trailers uh, yeah, and then they shut it down, and then he now started Easy Allies with a bunch of other people from but, game trailers. But a lot of people came out through the game trailers, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, the thing is, at the head, at the heart of all of it, is Jeff Keighley, which is the Ryan Seacrest of video games. <laughs> I, I don't know that. if that's a bad thing or a good it's thing. It's a terrible thing, because Ryan Seacrest is the most replaceable thing on the planet. If only people could just realize that. Yeah, I mean, he's the best joke on Project the Horseman. <laughs> I'm a Ryan Seacrest type. There you go. Mm. Okay, and if anything, right, Jeff Keighley with all his uh, clout, apparently, and uh, you know all his lovely game trailers money, decides to take all of this, um, I would say... Uh, sponsorship. Prestige, okay, prestige. sponsorship, Ugh. and all his uh, acquaintances, and he decides to create his own video games award show, where he honors himself mostly. Yeah. 
and whoever decides to pay for this shit. Mm. Okay, I'm just gonna call it out right now. This is the shilliest, most shilly shill thing I've ever seen. Since, to shill a shill, right? Since Shill McShill decided to shill down the shill. And to mm. actually prove that point, there are actually a number of awards for games which weren't even announced. They were just announced as like a passing by commentary thing. I mean, even the Oscar yeah. has the weird technical awards section where nobody really pays attention to. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, this is the video game awards and like, okay, one example would probably be... The best RPG category. They actually picked the winner and they just casually announced it and then that's it. They huh. announced the winner and then they went to the next ad. Which is strange because in, a, in, a, in a, such an important category is mm-hmm. like, shouldn't that be one of the things that would be probably saved for like you know the tail end of the show but at the same time i believe because of all these ads and sponsorship going on they had to save more time for that they, they need to specialize ad time and for let's mention that the amount of ads and yeah. the amount of fucking just people telling you to buy their shit mm-hmm. or people giving weird opportunities to sell their shit okay mm-hmm. case in point mr fuck the oscars himself <laughs> yes, who, for, who literally forgets halfway through his rent that don't, aren't you supposed to talk about your game yeah, too? Yeah, yeah you, it's, a man named, it's a man named Joseph Ferris. Who was yeah. here to promote his game after Brotherhood, A Tale of Two Sons. Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Whatever. Yeah. And now he's produced. What's the game called? No Way it's Out? Called, it's called A Way Out. A Way Out. A, way out. Uh, yeah. a two player co op game where you're required to have to play it cooperatively. Which looks like the most boring fucking thing ever I've ever seen. It's like. But I love the fact that he, des- he, he decides to do like a. Oh, look at how big shot shit I am. And it's like. You don't need two copies of the game to play online. You just need one. How the fuck are you gonna do that, bro? Yeah, that sounds like the most exploitable thing possible. And if anything, it's like, are we gonna go back into the realm of like, oh wait, I can host the game? Mm-hmm. Remember those days, boys and girls? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's like, oh, basically, oh, I host the game. You just join. And, and you like, can actually look at uh, poor Jeff Keighley's face as he's trying to shove him away. I mean, he actually massively did that at the end, but that was like four minutes. Too but late. that's the thing. Like that just proves how. Little Media trendy is right. Yeah, and also it's because this is probably the best part of any award show is where things go off the fucking rails. <laughs> mm. right. And that's Definitely. a sad part. Like, my you know. favorite moment of any award ceremony was the BAFTAs in ooh, 2009 or 2010, where this actress came on, coked out of her fucking mind, like, eyes wide open, staring at the distance, not blinking, just kind of like. Hey, Said her spiel like some weird joke, and then she went, and the winner is, and tears open the envelope, about to read it, and the host comes like, no, because <laughs> they haven't even announced who's been um, uh, nominated yet. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's so funny. And then I mean, she yeah. afterwards, Jared Butler comes on, and he tries to do exactly the same thing. It's like, eh, ah, fooled you, fooled mm-hmm. you. But let's also talk about this character. What's his name again? John Farrar. Uh, what's it? Joseph Ferris. Joseph Ferris. Joseph Ferris. Okay. Of some Eastern European country eh, I know you can say I can't say but I would say this right okay not I mean his point I mean the purpose of him coming on that segment was to promote his game yeah, yeah. but he decided to just take he that had, road where... he got himself sauced a little bit too much had way too much champagne before yeah, yeah. the events no no it's called jet lag don't forget that yeah oh, I'm sorry jet, jet lag, jet yeah. lag. Yeah. okay that's what the kids are calling it these days and huh? then he goes on about this weird tirade of fuck the Oscars this is where the things is and I'm like what movie did you make? <laughs> he actually made a couple which failed last night. Six I movies. Six. And like, yeah. this is what I'm going to say. Thank you for being the trope we've all been talking about here on The Last King. Oh, look, there's another fil- filmmaker trying to be a game designer <laughs> who has nothing but character arcs and story-based cinematic blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, man. And it's like, you know what? 
this also also lead into the tirade I have about Death Stranding's trailer. Yep. Speaking which of which, we should say. Speaking we're, of aspiring filmmakers, we'll be, we'll be aspiring filmmakers. We'll be coming to that. We'll be coming to that very shortly. But okay, I think the most important thing we need to kind of really talk about, especially for the VGAs, right? Let's talk about some something that's been really bothering me, which is bullshit nominees and bullshit categories. Uh huh. Okay, let's talk about bullshit nominees. Okay. Okay. We'll start with the most popular one. Um, Game of the Year. Game of Can the you tell from that list which one of the games did not actually belong? Which there, one of those games came out this year or is technically out this year? Or is it even ready? Because yeah. the thing is, right, there's there's a word in the industry we all kind of live by called a release date. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, two words, technically. No, two words, technically. Okay, the thing is, right, you know, do you rate something based on a sampling or do you rate something based on the total cohesive, the, the final product? Or whether it's complete or not in the first place. Or whether place. it's complete or not in the first place, you know? And of course, we're gonna talk. We're talking about PUBG, mm. Player Unknown's Battleground, a fun game. Have you played it? I enjoy it thoroughly. Okay, I love the Last Man Standing aspect of it. Does it feel like a complete game? Kinda, maybe no. If the game developer was to tell me like, no, this is all you need to do, and all our so-called um, early access shit is basically figuring out how to, to keep the servers going with the immense amount of people playing, okay, sure, fine. Why do you need to be awarded for Game of the Year now? Yeah, because your release date is March next year. Or is it an opportunity for you to be, I don't know, a bit more visible to a larger audience? I believe this could be like the committee's fault in like nominating a game because it's popular. It, it's purely to sell more copies. Or it could also be, I mean, I'm not gonna assume, but also that slightly more sinister aspect of like, oh, this is like PUBG people throwing money. Like, hey, can we be... You know, on the show too. Yeah, which yeah. is crazy because it was like the guy who made the most popular armor mod. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, thank you, Tom, for putting two and two together. No, like, he was famous for making that zombie mod for Armor 3. I remember that big one that everyone loved for a year and realized, oh, it's broken as fuck. Are we talking about H1Z1? Or? No, the We're other one. Daisy. Daisy, right? yeah. yeah. And this is him. This is Redemption Arc. Okay, he made a game that is technically not officially out yep. and it manages to get nominated and it's gonna be super annoying because like you know how people work right it's basically they're gonna stamp this on the front box on, on, okay i know box covers don't exist anymore stamp it on the steam store page or on their website okay nominated for game of the year you know? and winner of best continuous game which doesn't make what? sense what? ongoing that, that's another category what? we're like bitching about what? like that, that's gonna best ongoing game that is the dumbest idea ever because the thing is right you are I mean, okay, Toffee, what were the nominations for Best con like best Ongoing Game? Okay, uh, one so of these them are games, is Overwatch. One of them is Overwatch, which, yeah. came out, which came out, what, barely last year? Two uh, years it ago. came out last year, it came out last year. Okay, and the thing is, it won Game of the Year last year. Oh, here's the best nominee. Yeah. Destiny 2, Best what? Ongoing Game. It came out this last year. month! <laughs> yeah. Last yeah. month! This year. So, like, we're talking about a category where, according to Jeff Keighley himself, where we're talking about the... Um, how you say the ongoing the, the games that you know like came out so long ago but people are still playing today and we decided you know based on longevity longevity longevity, longevity. there you go longevity based on you know popular mass appeal we've chosen these games particularly yeah. which is destiny 2 which is Overwatch, Grand Theft Auto Online, Grand oh. Theft Auto Online, <laughs> Player Unknown Battlegrounds, Player Unknown Battlegrounds, Rainbow Six Siege and Warframe 
Okay. Okay, Warframe, I don't mind that because that game Warframe, has been around for 2013. Warframe feels to me like a legit nominee. Yeah, not the, not the others. So well, not GTA, the others. GTA Online has been around since 2014. But I don't believe that its online base is as strong as something like a Warframe. Yeah. You've not been on GTA Online in a while then. Is it? Are they still good? It's still, it's still around, yeah. It's still around. They're actually adding in more content. Which They're is the reason that we've not had any GTA 5 story DLC. Because people are just basically... People like this mode a lot more. And they're paying money for like short credits and shit. Yeah, yes. because yeah, yeah. I, 2K have said, I want all the money ever, yeah. so we're doing the games as a service. And here's the thing, what happened to the other long-term games that have been around in the esports side or competitive side? We're like talking Dota, we're Dota talking 2, League of Legends. Counter-Strike, uh, Global Offensive 2, that has been around longer. 2004, Counter-Strike was well Let's released. talk about Super Smash Bros. Yeah. Melee, which has still been, been played in tournaments yes. up till this day on fucked up, what, GameCubes? Or uh, GameCubes, GameCubes. Uh, and go. probably Wii. Wii, Wii. If you want to talk Wii's. about longevity, there you go. Well, shit, the Halo servers Halo 1 got shut down two years ago and there were still how many hundreds of thousand people still playing? Especially for the last year. Yeah. Everybody yeah. came out, right? Yeah. So yeah. Where so, the I fuck mean, did like, all you come from? So, exactly. Uh, and then yes. that's, that's probably the problem I have with the VGAs in total is because when you see a category like this and you can see how obvious that this is nothing but favoritism and like just people kind of like, you know, rubbing each other's backs, right? It's, Okay, so okay, remember, there was, a good, there was also another argument about this one category, best performance in the award itself. Which I Best believe. performance of what? A, uh, Basically, VOs and for, for video game character. Yeah. Okay, this took more precedent than best RPG. Do you know why? Why? Because there was that striker resolution very recently. God damn it. Is that uh, the reason? I think, and also because there's been a big... The voiceover artists have been making a big noise about this kind of thing for the last couple of years, which I support to a degree because they work damn hard. Yeah, and, and they're getting paid little. That's really yeah. sad. And you hear horror stories like uh, Talison Jaffe, who does a lot of voiceover work, said he often would cough up blood after a session. And you tear your voice tracks too because you'll be having you doing a lot of lines for like an hour or Because you're shouting death scenes for four hours straight with no breaks. With multiple takes and stuff. Yeah, right? like they work damn hard, so obviously they need to be respected for their work. I mean, as much as I. But <laughs> yeah. At the same time, other people are involved in games as well mm -hmm. for longer periods of time. And unlike you, they do not have job security. Like, Troy Baker will always have a job. Uh. Aaron A. Aronson, who was one of the coders for uh, like a visceral, mm -hmm. like whatever to him. Yeah. Okay, Nolan Love. I'm sure he'll be hired somewhere down. Yeah, the because road. he has cartoons too to work on, and also, also TV shows. I mean, like one thing, like I don't want to shit on like you know guys who does voiceover work. No, no, no games, that's not what we're doing here that's at all. That's not what we're doing no. at all. But the thing is, right? I seriously feel like something like the video game awards. You do not have any right to have this category at all. This is something that should be definitely with. I mean, in England, like the BAFTAs, yeah. or in America, there well, is. Or maybe the Oscars for. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure there's like no technical award for video games. Well, the past like Africa, it should be part of the Golden Globes or the Oscars. Thank you, Golden Globes. Too. There you go, because it's a performance, you know, yeah. and it should be in performance awards. Yeah. yeah, it shouldn't be in video game awards because the thing is, right? I'm pretty sure I can't remember the voice talents who did Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> the guy went do 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 you know what I mean like like okay that's a very specific award category for a very specific type of game which is a specific what we call production bracket mm -hmm. because 
you're unless you're a triple A game, you don't have voiceover artists, and unless you're a triple A game, you don't have a marketing or a PR budget. Exactly. So yeah, v- VGAs. Thank you. Thank you for reminding guys like us who grew up watching game trailers, who are very much aware of how you know things like this work, and just to put it blatantly in front of our faces and say like, oh hey, look at how we celebrate ourselves. And at the same time, like insult our intelligence constantly, you know, mm-hmm. especially for every pre-roll ad that just pops up, and like mm. I, they're so blatant about it. Like the segments were literally five minutes between adverts and new game trailers. They're also our marketing. They're also marketing skills it's, in a sense, right? It's it's yeah. it's cheaper than traditional marketing. Yeah. Let's put it that way. I would agree that totally. And if anything, like I mean, what's the major highlight of the video game awards actually? You got to see the guitarist from Avenged Sevenfold play with Tina Guo. What does that even mean? Anyway? <laughs> you know I, I mean? I, at least the only bright thing about that is at least Near Automata got an award for best soundtrack. That's it. I would say, yeah, it deserves best soundtrack. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm I mean, there's some things it did right, but it did most things wrong. I would say it should have won best RPG. Did it win best RPG? No, no. Persona Five won best RPG. Well, that's also, where I'm on the fence, you know. Because the thing is, I, I like, love I love Persona Five a lot. So. But I prefer Nier Automata. Nier Automata should win. And this the thing is, like, I mean, who are the people who vote for this? Is it us, the gaming public? No, uh, yeah, no, no. It's actually both. Uh, the there's panelists, and then there's also votes from online. So basically, like the Academy Awards, there's this hidden cabal of people, this unclub of yeah, yeah unknowns. Is, who we know who they are. It's yeah, yeah. the it's Killian is Bruce. It's the game journalists. It's the editorial team of Polygon, Kotaku, IGN. Funhouse. Oh, I don't know who the hell Funhouse is. They're, Funhouse? they're a subsidiary of um, Rooster Teeth. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, they used to be uh, in G4, then they were inside gaming, and then they became Funhouse. Oh my uh, gosh. Right, right. And the is you Probably even Geese and Sundries in there as well. Definitely. Uh, Nerdist would be. I don't think Geek and Sundry. <laughs> Are we awarding tabletop games? Because if you're talking about best on- ongoing game, chess. Chess wins every year. <laughs> okay. no, I would no, say they're, they're gonna Dungeons and Dragons. People. Dungeons and Dragons. Ooh, we have a fight, yeah. sir. Uh-huh. Alright, but okay, I would say this, right? Um, you know, I mean, to me, it's not a travesty in any sense, but to me, it's oh, like... Oh, trust me, the Spike Awards, they're a travesty. Yeah, the Spike like, Awards were a travesty. Those, those were low points in... Yeah, yeah. I, but this is us not exceeding beyond... what Beyond should, passable. Right, yeah. If they really wanted to be a legitimate award ceremony, we need more categories. Alright. I think that now is a good time for us to talk about categories we want to see in the 2018 <laughs> GTA Awards. Yep. So if we had the choice to do our own video game awards, which we should do, we should do the last Absolutely. King Awards. The only awards that matter, okay? Yeah. We're yeah. going to bring back, like, you know... The uh, true stamp of approval. True stamp of approval. Is it a Paradox game? No. Scored no. <laughs> You're off the committee. Oh. <laughs> no, but anyway... Best Paradox game. Yeah, I can tell you what. Eccentric Tom. Yes. Besides best paradox game slash DLC mm-hmm. released this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would be a fun award category that you would do for your, you know, your video game awards? For my video game awards, I think my one of my categories which I have to go for is best glitch. Best All glitch. Right, best glitch. Oh. I you know from the halls of fame such as, uh, um. What's her, what's her name? Uh, Ryder uh, Moonwalking in Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> okay, okay. There's a lot of glitches in that game, Assassin's sir. Assassin's Creed Origins uh, Vertical Boat. No, no, we have... Oh, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about the games that came out this year. So, of course, I would say number one nominee would be Skyrim. Yeah, Skyrim. Because <laughs> they got re-released. Yeah, you know, and it's probably still fucked up as ever. Yeah. <laughs> right. Did I ever tell you my favourite Skyrim glitch of all time? What was it? 
uh, when I was fighting someone, I shot a fireball and they just phased into a wall and disappeared <laughs> from space and time. Oh my god, that's funny. Mm. Or yeah. I, I just walked outside and suddenly there was a dragon tail just like poking out of like someone's house. <laughs> Just going fucking crazy because uh, it was caught on something in the geometry. That that's a good category to bring. Oh, yeah. Best glitch. Best glitch. Right? I mean, I think the legacy, like the, the Hall of Fame of best glitch, would be like the down the, medium kick fireball from Street Fighter. Yeah. The first glitch. It would be teams. like uh, the in memoriam uh, segment from the Academy Awards. Oh man. <laughs> I think one category I want to add in is the uh, best controversy of the year. Ooh. But what's that gonna do with video games, sir? Come no, on. No video games. You got the loot box controversy for Best controversy? Oh yeah. For now, for now. I, I need to do more So it'll be won by EA every year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. There we go. Why don't you just say best loot box? Okay, okay best loot box. That would be a very controversial category in it yeah. itself, you know. You know, like and the best loot box goes to that time this kid got this legendary drop <laughs> yeah. from this box, he paid twelve dollars. Best loot box reaction video. Best loot box reaction We're talking about a video game award, sir. Okay. Most predatory uh, CEO publisher. Publi- publisher CEO. Publisher. Publisher. Mm, there you go. How about okay? This is my idea for an award category: most graphics. <laughs> the most, <laughs> most graphics. graphics. This game has not the best graphics, but the yeah, most graphics. Most. But the most graphics. You know, like look at all the graphics. You know, <laughs> who will be winner this year? I don't know, man. Probably Player Unknown's Battleground. Mm. It's got all the graphics. Or maybe Near Automata. It's got all the graphics because gamers only care about graphics. <laughs> yes. So which game has the most graphics? I don't know. Okay. Most frames. Most frames! 60 FPS! And the award goes to NVIDIA TN GT X Titan R! Ah, <laughs> like, like, oh god damn it, you know? Most obs- obscene um, uh, button layout for controls. Ooh. No, but then you can. That'd be PUBG as well. Yeah, I have an even better idea. Most controversial uh, editorial for a video game. The guy who sucked at. Uh, We're talking about Cuphead? video games. I know, I know, video games, yeah. Video mm. games, yeah. How about this? Best, best quick time event. Oh. Uh, press F to game. pay respects. <laughs> press F to receive award. Best video game engine. Best video game engine, Unreal Engine 5 by then or yeah. 6 or whatever. Everybody's brought to, you, brought to you by Epic Games. Brought <laughs> to you by Epic Games. Oh my god. Hi, I'm Cliff Blazinski. Remember me? I was a thing. Yeah. I think it would be a really fun category. It would be like best breasts in JRPG. Oh, <laughs> oh Pyra gets it hands down. There you go. Or you know, hands around. <laughs> hands around. <laughs> there you go, boys and girls. So if anything, like, I mean, I think. What we need to kind of nail, I mean, what we're trying to drive right now is that there's l- no fun in this. Mm-hmm. No. There's nothing about the video game award. It's so much pomp and circumstance. It's up its own ass. And it doesn't deserve. It's four years old. It's four yeah. years old and it's like, trying to act like it's like the biggest deal of yeah, all time. Yeah, like it could have done better in a lot of aspects. The Academy yeah. Awards gets away with it because it's been around for a century now. Half a century? Mm-hmm. Half a century. 70 years plus? There's like, been 70 of them, 80 of them, right? Yeah, like since, 80, uh, I think it's the 89th coming up. Oh man, there you go. 80. Like, <laughs> Birth of a Nation won Best Picture in 1922. I mean, we should probably not remember that, uh, you know, a film about the Ku Klux Klan won her Best <laughs> Picture. But, yeah, no, but I would say this, like, I mean, we do need some sort of platform or some sort of award ceremony where we do pay tribute to the people who do amazing work in you know the medium that is video games yeah and i would say like you know you gotta honor designers developers you gotta honor maybe not say publishing houses but, but storyboard coders artists as well. coders definitely but like you know those small like the guys who did super meat boy it's just two assholes in their room trying to make a video game hey this year cuphead absolutely two people if i recall three three people yeah, now three people. best indie team and yeah. fucking cuphead didn't even get nominated for game of the year Fuck that. pubg uh, got a nomination you could have replaced pubg 
with so many other games. With a completed game that came out this year. Okay, that has nothing but heart, soul, passion, and determination, and just pure joy and fun. And I mean, questionable uh, imagery. <laughs> Cuphead? 1930s um, cartoons were super racist. There was no black face in Cuphead, sir. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of flower face, though. Flowers, flowers. There are a lot of flower face. Flower, yes, flower, but yeah. I would say this, like, you know what, tell you what, let's have another fun little mini segment. Let's replace Player Unknown's Battleground. What would be your replacement for that game? Nero Automata. It, it's already nominated. Oh, no, no, no. It was nominated not in best game, though. It didn't get... That's the bullshit I'm yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about! Yeah. Nero Automata is, to me, probably the game of the year. And so, I'll, anything to replace uh, PUBG in that category. How would I put Cuphead in there? You know, because Cup, yeah. Cuphead is like, that would have been a true, really honest Cinderella story. Like, oh, look at these two guys who love video games, who did nothing but, you know, put time aside to put, make a video game. You know, mm-hmm. no AAA backing, no nothing. And it's just basically, yeah, that's the Cinderella story that we, as, you know, people watching these kind of events, want to root for. We want to root for Sylvester Stallone winning Rocky, a guy who wrote the script, directed everything himself, and paid for everything himself. Yeah, I mean, but even if we're going to stick to the triple A's, like, where was Shadow of War? There you go. Where was Assassin's Creed Origin? That's strange, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's not... Those two have their problems, but they're both very good games. No, they're complete. Yeah, complete finished games, which do have some bullshit, but, you know, I... (laughs) Hey, best game of the year, Resident Evil 7. That should be on that category. Resident Evil 7 should have definitely been nominated for best game, yeah. I would yeah. say. But it got best narrative best or something bullshit. Uh, it got best, best game VR direction. Game? Yeah. Seriously, like the thing is, like, I hate these kind of categories where it's obviously a trend. Nobody's going to jump on the VR bandwagon anytime soon. No. As much as nobody's going to jump on the 8K or 10K bandwagon anytime soon. We're barely trying to get into 2K or 4K gaming. Like, 4K is still too expensive for me. And that's... No, it's not... For you, a guy who has a job and is basically, you know, financially comfortable. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about children who want to play video games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, are they anywhere near affording 4K or 2K systems? Yeah, sure. Fuck no. Maybe mom might buy them a PS4 Pro this year. Wow, that's but, a rich kid Yeah, right good there, luck yo. convincing them to get a 4K TV. But conv- uh, there you go. Yeah. A 4K TV to really enjoy. No, but I mean, to me, VR is like, it's like audio file equipment. Yeah, if you can afford it, rock it, have fun. But we should not... I would say honor or nominate like this category because it's like it's like saying best 3D mm. yeah it's like, like uh-huh. this is equipment made for people like my dad who went through a midlife crisis and bought expensive hardware I, I love you dad don't listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> But if anything also, it's a nice thing to have your money but there's really no point to it yeah, but like, as it. an award yeah. category yeah it's on, dumb man. it's it's obviously a fat trending thing anyways. It's like, because it also blatantly shows who could afford to be pimped at the VGA. It's like, because, you know, Ubisoft are still having financial issues with Vivendi. Like, that's why they didn't show up here. That is very obvious also, I would say. I mean, which is probably why Assassin's Creed doesn't pop yeah, up. It's not even there at all, actually. Yeah. They haven't even popped up. Well, and I would say that, you know, some of the voice acting was great. The music was brilliant. Like, the... The world design? Oh, wait. Actually, it was an action-adventure, but that's it. Oh, piss off, action-adventure. Action-adventure? For Assassin's Creed. It's an RPG game. Yeah, it is. You have a skill tree. (laughs) And you have have numbers popping out when you hit things. Yes, it's a... And you have naked tits. It's a JRPG (laughs) almost. No. (laughs) Do they jiggle? I don't know. They were dead when I found them. That sounds so incriminating. That's a drop right there. <laughs> so like, okay, w- w- what game won Best Action Adventure again? Let's see it. Hey, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Which also won Game of the Year. Yes. That's bullshit! <laughs> and also Best Game Direction. 
Oh fuck you! Best game direction? <laughs> yes. Uh, like just what to does show. What does even mean? That best shows... game direction. I want more uh, health potions here. That's how <laughs> I direct. Well, I guess. I know. I want when he opens this door for there to be a, a box that says, "You need a key." This is <laughs> where. Huh? How blatant it is that everyone just sucks Nintendo's dick for no fucking reason to this day. It's America. They've been doing this since the 90s. It's like Nintendo make it good dick games. They also make shit games, and they pull some real bullshit policy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's ironic to talk about how, oh, we're streaming it, how it's on Twitch. Like, yeah, Nintendo still takes all your money when you try and stream their games. Like, they are toxic to the ecosystem you are feeding into. And you're still fellating them the whole time. But I think you're so- Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck Jeff you, Keely. Jeff Keighley! You know, for fellating Reggie Feel Me? Is he still around? Yeah, yeah, he's still around. So, I totally agree with Tom also. But I mean, not, as much we're, as- We're not dissing Legend of Zelda at all. I'm not, I'm trying to make a great game, but- yeah, yeah. To win three categories, two are kind of the same. Yeah, yeah. It's it would be like, uh, you know, putting. You, you know, there's stuff going on behind. The it's like putting anyway. Get Out in best a musical and comedy, and still giving it to the guy who wins best picture anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a conversation we're gonna have very soon. Yeah. Apparently, maybe so even if next anything, month. Anything, I mean, like, let, let's just like let's just be clear about this. Yeah. Last game podcast, we do not endorse the video game. The video game awards no at all because the thing is it's just i mean what i'm really afraid of is like when kids look at this and they think oh this is a, a the de facto thing to watch then that's really sad and Not, yeah. i mean we should only yeah. thing to watch we yeah. shit on the oscars too mm-hmm. yeah. because because oscars is basically yeah it's that's just, also a circle jerk it's an yeah. industry awards show it's just people in the industry giving each other awards and the thing is like the basis of quality is determined by who can afford it literally mm-hmm. and the thing is we have to call these guys out all the time i mean like if you want a real good metric of i mean video game rating listen to us yeah <laughs> we Nobody's paying us shit. Yeah, we, yeah. Like, it's like, literally <laughs> out of our own pockets yeah, that yeah. we We're talk about these games. What it is. We love and give awards to games that deserve it because we pay the shit out of our own yeah. pockets. Yeah. I paid 145 fucking dollars for Shadow of War. Like, I would tell you if it was worth your money or yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your contribution, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Taking it for the team, huh? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I miss the old days when you could just pass the CD to a friend. Oh, my turn yeah, to play. Yeah. Or install my PC to pass to you, Lord. But I would say this, like, uh, last game fans, you know what? Why don't you just jump on uh, the bandwagon with us? Give us some money. Let us make our own award show. We promise it'll be very minimal shilling. Right, we'll be shilling to you shilling. guys. Yeah. We'll be honest about it. We'll be honest it. about it. You know, like okay, like Nintendo gave me a thousand dollars to give this award. <laughs> I will say that. I will say that. Bayonetta three, best Bayonetta. The <laughs> <laughs> for best Bayonetta goes to Bayonetta one. The, the, I'm sorry, still got it. Yeah. It's still, it's not. Yeah, one. One is still the best one because it's available on PC. There we go. <laughs> best Bayonetta on Nintendo Wii U. Bayonetta 2. I also give it's it the only one there. And, and Bayonetta 1. Still getting the award for most graphics. Yeah. <laughs> all the graphics. All the graphics. It's got all the graphics, you know? That's all you want, right, kids? Graphics? Like, if anything, like... I would say this. Um, tune in very soon where during our year-end wrap-up, we tell you what really is game of the year absolutely What's from our knees, very limited pool of games we played this year we're talking about the vgas things get nominated twice true <laughs> things yeah. from last year got nominated again okay yeah. at so least who's, to we... say, who's to say we can't nominate things three times at least times. resident evil will be in the nominations for game of the year yeah Boys and so and will uh europe is on us for which came out this how many year years right ago? four years ago four years oh, ago okay. but it's had like 
four DLCs this year. So it's best ongoing game since. Yes. Best paradox. <laughs> the best paradox. No. Best paradox. Yeah. Best paradox. It's still best paradox. <laughs> no, like you know, I would only say the, the other nominee would be like Tullus Principle or Stanley Parable. Ugh. You know, and no, best reasons not to spend money. <laughs> okay, Talos Principle. No, Talos Principle is actually a pretty good game. Don't waste money on Stanley Parable. It's not worth it. Okay, boys and girls. I think that's been enough of a rant. I think we have. We we said our we said our piece. We have a little bit of time piece. for one more thing we need to discuss. Okay, which here we is. go. Which is uh, so uh, Death Stranding. We got another trailer. Yes, that what was the a trailer. Fuck was that involving. People in spacesuits with little tinkering. I don't things. think the spacesuits. I think okay, they're diving like suits. maybe radioactive. There has been suits. suits. Has been suits. With uh, Pixar lamps and Norman yeah. Reader swallows babies. And has yeah. a baby in his stomach. But I... there's also a baby in a jar, which yes. Guillermo del Toro held in another trailer with Matt Mickelson, who's absent in this trailer. Well, maybe he was a shadowy character who jumps on the overturned jeep. There you go. I like the fact that some people are actually hyping it up even though they don't know what the fuck it is. It, that's when you really know who are the, the Kojima fanboys who are like, yeah, this Kojima is gonna be... Oh, there are too many Kojima fanboys out there. I know so many. Like, the first, first Death Stranding trailer that, that dropped, people were like, this is gonna be the best game ever. It's like, hmm. you don't fucking know what it is! I know some people in my industry who are Kojima fanboys and that reflects on their writing. Oh, and yeah. we don't know what the fuck it is, honestly. So, yeah? Also, I'm gonna say something very controversial. Not enough dead babies. Hideo Kojima <laughs> isn't a good game maker. I agree somewhat. He needs a good editor. That's the problem. I, if I mean a good editor. Metal Gear Solid writing and everything. If Metal Gear Solid Four Before the gameplay. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. If but Metal Gear Solid based. Four has forty minutes between pressing start and you playing the game, something is wrong. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's a terrible game right. developer. I could watch two Simpsons episodes in that time. But you gotta remember, Metal Gear Solid Five has quite possibly and arguably a better open world game mechanic per se. But that was all him. I that was kind of him. I don't think so. I think Konami stepped in and kind of like held the reins of him because you have to understand, Metal Gear Solid Five was when the two of them split. Yeah. You know, you know, nothing but bad blood with that game. And the thing and you gotta remember, he also did Metal Gear One on the PC. Not PC, PC engine, engine. Sorry, no, not PC Engine. Uh, MSX. MSX. MSX yeah. yeah. Both Metal Gear games, yeah. And I mean, that like, was all him okay, with uh, other people. Okay, you haven't been on the podcast long enough. No. I'm going to say something even more controversial. Metal Gear 2, still the best Metal Gear. Oh, right, Billy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Everybody, no, Raiden sucks. Fuck you, Raiden is no, more fun. Sorry, we meant Metal Gear Solid 2. That's what I said. Because I'm getting confused with Metal, Metal Gear, Gear Solid 2. 2 substance, subsistence, whatever version yep. it is. The best one. Especially if you got it on Xbox, where you have the Tony Hawk section. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> totally crazy. random. Like, oh, you can yeah, skate that, in this that game crazy. too. You know, Metal Gear Solid 2 is the shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you got so many things to do! Okay, and that's what games are about. Everybody's yeah, it's telling... all about surprises. That's what, yeah. uh, That's the best surprise ever when Actually, you're riding. Yeah. No, no, best surprise ever is still how to beat... Uh, Psycho it? Mantis. No, 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 part 3. The, the, end. the end. The end. Yeah. You just wait for him to die of old age. <laughs> that's so or if you're lazy, you no, Or technically you can kill him when you're looking for the binoculars. And this yeah. is what I'm gonna call, like, the thing about Hideo Kojima, like, he's like the kind of, like, the... The guy who does all the weird shit that freaks you out, like the, he breaks that fourth wall when it comes to games. Yeah, this is what I want to say. This Death Stranding game, done by Hideo Kojima, you know it's gonna be the mind bending. Oh my god, he's such a genius because I never thought that's how you play a game. You don't play the game. <laughs> the game plays you. The game plays you. Basically, the game does things, and then Norman Reedus looks right into you, breaks the fourth wall, and like press X. 
<laughs> Mind blown, I'm in the game. <gasps> the most pretentious shit you'll ever see. Oh my god, then Mads Mikkelsen was like... He'll he's, actually, he's actually behind you. He's actually time. behind you. He will send Mads Mikkelsen to your house to explain to you the game. Oh my god. <laughs> While he, you know, eats your liver with KNT and fava beans. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, and like Guillermo del Toro is like the tutorial guy. <laughs> he literally like <laughs> you play the game. You print it. You, you, what you need to do is you need to buy this movie Pacific Rim <laughs> available on Blu-ray. <laughs> Stop selling your shit, Guillermo. No, because you know, remember like in Metal Gear One, like oh you need to look at the code. Where's the code? It's on the box. Oh, if you didn't have the box, fuck you. Yeah. So it's like if you don't buy Pacific Rim on Blu-ray. Okay, you won't have this special code to unlock the codec so that uh, fucking Norman readers <laughs> will all of a sudden pass a lot. And then like, what? And then, what? Kiefer Sutherland's in the game too? Yeah, mind blown. This is the best game ever! For the secret ending, you have to buy Crimson Peak. <laughs> I guess the whole, I'm what I'm trying to say is, nice trailer. Where the hell's it's the game? It's not a nice Where's trailer. The, where the hell's it's, the game? It's not even a nice trailer. It's no, just it's not. It fucking weird. It's like... You know, it's people, surreal, I'll like, tell you that. Asked, what happened with the beach? They said, this is what happened with the beach. Like, you've just given me more questions. <laughs> okay, let's answer the most important question. What do you do? There uh, you go. What do you do in this game? What What do I do? How do you I progress? You suck Hideo Kojima's cock. <laughs> Press X to suck his cock. <laughs> Did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't, Mr. Kojima. Get your, get your I guess, I guess your main gameplay mechanic is to be is to bring out the inner <laughs> Kojima fanboy in you and start writing about stuff on you Twitter. To, you have to start tweeting to his like new like company. Yeah. It's the best game ever. At Norman Readers, at Hideo Kojima, at Benicio del Toro. Wrong del Toro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and on that note, it actually succeeded as a game. In, on that, <laughs> if it's if it's that if that's the main game. I mean, I would have loved if Kojima himself just popped up and like, and now you can play the demo right now. And he's like. Why is he called Mexican? I don't know. <laughs> Too much cocoa. Uh, but if anything, um, yeah, Death Stranding. We have no idea what the fuck you're doing, man. No. <sighs> I think this is why we need publishers sometimes. I think this is yeah. Yeah. This is, you need people to rein thing, you know? people in. Like, let, let, let us reiterate. Fuck Konami. <laughs> but, but they did help. But thank you for the crazy. Yeah. They, thank you for still giving us Metal Gear Five. Yeah. Now let's talk about that Metal Gear Zombie game. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Which, That's a thing. Is that, is that still gonna happen? That's still gonna happen. Hey, 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 at least it's not a pachinko machine. There you go. Okay, so until they give us another Contra game, um, we should be wrapping this up. So, yeah. VGA, weird as fuck. Kojima, weirder. <laughs> weirder. Weirder. Yes. Jeff Keighley, eh. Yeah. There you go. He is He's a, just doing what he does. You know, we should do the running joke where, hi, I'm Shafiq, I'm a Jeff Keighley type. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, but you know. Here are my Doritos. Let's, Crunch it. Uh, oh man, here's the Mountain Dew. So, okay, shields aside, let's wrap this up. So, I mean, Last King fans, tell us what you think. Did you enjoy the VGAs? Or did you agree with us and think it's nothing but a big facade? Alright. Are you secretly a Hideo Kojima fanboy? Or a Jeff Keighley fanboy? Or, and do you really want to fuck the Oscars? Because the thing is, the Oscars is phallic enough, it could fuck you. <laughs> It'd be kind of painful though, it's got pointy edges. But it's yeah. been a gold, sir! Anyway, it's got So at least it's antibacterial. And there's a nice base for you to hold onto. You know? So it's very, like, it's very ergonomic. Yeah. So... And on that... And on that bombshell, note, I am Academy Award winning eccentric Tom. I am most graphics Doctor Shafik. <laughs> I am best game award Mr. Shafik. Never <laughs> signing out. Goodbye.
This episode is brought to you by the Video Game Awards. Because fuck the Oscars! Fuck the Oscars! Okay, okay, Toffee, calm down, calm down, calm down. Spiking. <laughs> Should I stay away? No, no, why not I just let it roll and then I'll just do takes and then you just take the best one and then stop. Did he clip or what? Uh, clipped you clipped quite significantly, my friend. Right, uh. Yeah, right. No, just keep, uh, keep it rolling. Alright, and uh, this is take two. This episode is brought to you by the Video Game Awards. Because fuck video games! Awards. Fuck <laughs> video games? <laughs> Why do you say your words? <laughs> your words! <laughs> fuck your words! Carry on. Okay, quite on the set. We're rolling. <laughs> Take four. This episode. <laughs> <laughs> you really got voice, man. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna look at you. Okay, 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 okay. This episode's brought to you by the Video Game Awards. Because fuck, uh, fuck the Oscars! <laughs> fuck the Oscars! <laughs> fuck Oscars! <laughs> Oscar. <laughs> Fuck Oscar Isaacs. Fuck you, Oscar. Oh, be nice, Oscar Isaacs. Uh, yeah. You want to keep that? I want to try again. One Let's more, try one more time. <laughs> okay, take five. 